Support comes from Troy University's Trojan Cafe, offering handcrafted Starbucks beverages and a wide assortment of meal and snack options. Located on Troy University's Montgomery campus, across from the Rosa Parks Library and Museum. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. The sounds you're hearing are from ruby-throated hummingbirds recorded by WKU-PBS in the fall of 2015. The hummingbirds were busy at the feeder at the Woodlands Nature Station in the land between the lakes in western Kentucky. Today we're bringing you a conversation about ruby-throated hummingbirds with Sarah Driver, master hummingbird bander who moved to Dothan from the Missouri Ozarks. Soon the hummingbird lady, as she is known, will be banding hummingbirds at Dothan Area Botanical Gardens. And she joins us by Skype to tell us about her special techniques. Sarah Driver, it is great to have you with us here on Troy Public Radio's In Focus program by Skype from Dothan. Thank you, Carolyn. Good to be here. Sarah, you are a master hummingbird bander. What brought you to Dothan? We wanted to get away from cold winters, and we just opened up a map and stuck our finger down on Dothan and headed this direction. We knew nobody, but we thought Dothan looked like a great town. So what did you think when you got there? We still really love it. It's got everything you need, and we love the weather, and so we're very happy. You have quite a history of becoming a master hummingbird bander. You learned from your uncle. Tell us that story. It was actually my great uncle, and he became a hummingbird bander back in the 60s. He was one of the first hummingbird banders that was not an ornithologist. He lived in the Ozark Mountains down in southwest Missouri, and he had loads of ruby throats, and he was so enthralled with them, and he asked the bird banding laboratory if he could learn how to band them and get a license. And they, of course, laughed and said, how are you going to catch them? And he sent them a picture of one perched on his finger. And that kind of changed their mind, and he ended up getting a license. Now, the way you band hummingbirds may be a little different from what we've heard previously. For instance, your trap is shaped like a circus tent. Tell me about your trap. <laughs> yeah, originally, when I first learned how to band with my great uncle, we used traps that were made in a cylinder shape, and they were made out of hardware cloth, and they had a stop on one end and a trap door on the other. And the birds were always very hesitant to go in that because it was just a scary little hole they had to fly into. So my brother designed this circus tent trap, and it really looks like a circus tent. It is covered in fine netting and it has sides that go up and down. You can control them. And you hang a feeder in the center and you're holding the sides up with a piece of fishing line until a bird goes in, sits on the feeder, puts its bill down and starts drinking. And then you drop the sides. Then you've got a hummingbird. So how did you decide to put the little hummingbirds in a nightshirt? <laughs> you know, when you first become a bander, all you get from the bird banding laboratory is a sheet of bands. They just give you the bands and say, have fun, learn how to trap them, how to keep them 
still when you're banding them, just do it yourself. And so we had to come up with something. And this little piece of cloth with a hole in the center works great because you put it over the bird's head and then you can fold it around their little body while their wings are down and reach their feet and get to that little ankle where you're going to put that band. So how do they react when you put the nightshirt on these hummingbirds? Well, they're not really thrilled. People worry that this stresses them so much. And I have had the same hummingbird come back into the trap 10 minutes after I banded it. So it's not that much of a stress. You know, their little hearts are beating fast and and they're ready to get that band on, that new piece of jewelry and get the heck out and get back to feeding at that feeder. Well, Sarah, you have described banding a hummingbird as like banding a toothpick. They're tiny little legs. How do you do that? That's probably the one thing that terrified me the most when I first started learning how to band back in 1986. You have to learn how to handle them because they're fragile. And then you've got that tiny little leg that you've got to put a band on and make sure that it's closed entirely and that it turns on their legs so that it doesn't cut off their circulation. And it's just learning how to handle them. And their leg does feel like a toothpick. It's so tiny. But we have special pliers that crimp the band around their leg, and they crimp it in a round shape. And we just make sure that that band turns. You just learn after so many times. And, of course, you're studying them for scientific purposes. Well, here we are on August the 1st, and on the 12th and also September the 9th, these are second Saturdays, people can watch you band hummingbirds at the Dothan Area Botanical Gardens. Tell me what they'll see. The first thing we'll do is we'll have the trap set up, and they can all see what the circus tent looks like. I have a slideshow, and we'll go through the slides talking while somebody else is manning the trap. That person is responsible to capture the birds. When they do, I stop the program, go out and get the bird out of the trap and bring it inside, which is kind of scary because I have had them get loose before inside buildings, but we always manage to capture them again. So the people get to see the bird close up, and then we have a child help to release the bird after it's been banded, and that is the high point of the program right there. Have you found that these birds have different personalities? Oh, my. Some of them, their mothers have just trained them so well. They're just so well-mannered, and they're totally quiet, and yet others are squawking the whole time, and they're all different. One bird will be just perfect. The next one will just be a a basket case. So they're all different. You will be banding at 10 a.m. at the Walden Farmhouse on August 12th and September 9th at the Dothan Area Botanical Gardens on Headland Avenue. There is nothing more magical in my mind than a hummingbird because no other bird flies like them or looks like them. And people just love them. It's a subject that they never get tired of. People love to see them up close. You watched your great uncle, James Johnson, band these hummers in Missouri. What age were you when you fell in love with them? (laughs) He had me at his house when I was nine years old, which I hate to say was 1962. And he had me finger perching them, which by the way, anyone can do. You just have to have patience and you sit in front of a feeder 
and you put your finger right next to the feeder and they will sit right on your finger to get to that sugar water. And I think that's what did it to me right then. What are your recommendations on hummingbird feeders? What proportion water to sugar? It's four to one, a cup of water to a quarter cup of sugar. I do not boil my water. I just use hot water and dissolve the sugar in it. Then I refrigerate it and change those feeders every third day because the sugar water will ferment and get slick and the hummingbirds will go to your neighbor's feeders if you don't take care of them. But keep them clean, give the best possible sugar water to them so that they remember my house and they come back to me. Some people think you can substitute, oh, put brown sugar in or you can put sweet and low in. You know, that's crazy. You just use regular white sugar and never honey because that causes a fungus that can kill them. Well, Sarah, it's been an absolute delight to visit with you and find out how you banned hummingbirds. Thanks. Good to talk to you, Carolyn. Joining us by Skype was Sarah Driver, master hummingbird bander, who will be banding hummingbirds at Dothan Area Botanical Gardens on August 12th and September 9th. Registration is limited, and more information can be found on the garden's Facebook page or website, dabg.com. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.